Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is week one Sunday. Gotta love it. Oh, NFL Sundays. They're back and they're here for a couple of months. So let's enjoy them while we have this wonderful time together. But let's get right down to it. We've got picks to make, DFS lineups uh, to kind of plan through. So let's kind of talk our way through the matchups as we go along. And I'll give you my thoughts on players that I am interested in for these games. First up, we've got Arizona traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. Uh, Titans are two and a half point favorites. Interesting game here. Normally, the line would be three or more, given that the Titans are home. The fact that the Titans are uh, coming in under three has me thinking that Vegas really thinks Arizona's the better team, uh, which kind of catches me off guard because Tennessee's the playoff team and Arizona's the team that's trying to get into the playoffs. I'm really curious about this one because, you know, Tennessee's got Julio Jones now. Uh, Realistically, the weapons on Tennessee should be able to score points on Arizona. The question is, can Tennessee's somewhat suspect defense slow down uh, Kyler Murray? And that's, to me, that's the question. I like the offenses on both sides of this game. Obviously, you got Kyler Murray throwing to uh, Nuke, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, uh, who don't know uh, his nickname of Nuke. Nook, uh, you know, I just, I just look at it as, you know, that's just a great pairing to go with. I know the popular builds have been saying to stack uh, Nuke and Kyle Murray with Rondale Jones. Uh, certainly possible. AJ Green's on the team now for Arizona. Uh, certainly an interesting uh, pivot as well uh, for tournament lineups. You know, I don't like the rushing attacks uh, on either side for this game. And obviously, Tennessee has Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has burned me so many times that, yes, on FanDuel, I will consider playing uh, Derrick Henry just because, you know, you never like fading Derrick Henry and then watch him eat your soul as he rips off an 80-plus yard run for a score and just breaks the slate. I mean, that's never a fun feeling. It's happened so many times at this point that, you know, I always look at it as even in matchups, I don't like Derrick Henry. I am like almost obligated at this point to play him, at least on FanDuel. Uh, DK, I'm just going to have a real tough time fitting in Henry. I'll 
probably have a lineup or two, but realistically, if I was playing, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 lineups, you know, Henry maybe pops up on at most two. Uh, that's what I'm saying here. It's, it's really hard to justify playing Derrick Henry this week in DFS, and the pricing is so soft across the board. Uh, you know, trying to go through all the pricing for DFS this week is kind of a chore, uh, to be honest. So, um, you know, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later in the show on some of the pricing value uh, points uh, uh, throughout. But uh, really interesting in terms of a matchup here because I'm surprised by the line. The line threw me off here. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee, but, you know, the fact that Vegas had this under three when the Titans are home spooks me a bit. I'm not going to lie. Week one, a lot of things can happen. So, uh, you know, going to take Titans. Not going to go too crazy in terms of betting this game just because, Yes, I'll take the Titans, but, uh, you know, when the line is slightly off and I know Arizona's a solid team, uh, that's not enough to get me to feel very excited about this game. And because of uh, the potential for uh, a Derrick Henry monster game and chewing up clock, you know, it's it's just not that appealing of uh, of a spot where you're going to go and take a look at the over-under either. So, you know, I'm just kind of looking at it, like grab, a, like, pieces uh, with a run back. So, obviously, with Tennessee, you got A.J. Brown in the passing attack. Julio Jones, I, I mentioned before, is now on the Titans. Uh, uh, so that should make it interesting. But, uh, you know, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of we can get uh, different by having uh, the passing attacks in in the game. So uh, that's where I would be looking towards uh, for this one. Next up, we have two of the worst teams in the NFL between the Jacksonville Jaguars, now coached by Urban Meyer, going to play the Houston Texans, coached by, honestly, I, I always forget the guy's name. Uh, <laughs> like, basically the job no one really wanted, but, you know, Someone got it. Uh, David Culley, I believe is the man's name is. I, believe me, Bob did such a terrible job. I mean. Oh, I will not tire of playing Bill O'Brien clips. But man, Bob left this team in such disarray even before the Deshaun Watson scandal. So basically, we've got Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor at QB because the Texans are still trying to trade Watson, but are asking for a King's ransom with multiple first round picks and refuse to just trade him to the Dolphins. And the Texans are running in danger because I believe Tua is going to look good today. So I, I'll, I'll just I'll just say that with the caveat. I think Miami looks well today in New England. And if Tua plays well against the Patriots, I'm sorry. It's going to drive down like the value of Deshaun Watson. The whole value at this point was, you know, teams looking bad with QBs. You're going to need an injury or a young QB struggling so mightily that, and you may still get it with the Jets, but I don't think the Jets are really going to give up on Zach Wilson that easily. 
And believe me, I'll get to the uh, uh, Zach Wilson hype train soon enough. But be that as it may, this is an awful matchup. Uh, the Texans are a home underdog at plus two and a half. Even though I think the Jaguars are one of the like bottom four worst teams in the league, bar none. I don't understand how the Jaguars are favored here. They are so awful. They are awful. I don't care if it's Trevor Lawrence starting. He's a rookie QB behind an often, uh, awful offensive line, limited weapons at receiver, and they have James Robinson at running back, but you know it's Urban Meyer, and he, they have Carlos Hyde on the team for some reason. I think Carlos Hyde, like, I want to play James Robinson at, Q, uh, at running back in this game. That's basically the only player in this game I really want to expose you to. I, I'm not even sure I want to play Marvin Jones, even though he's only 3-6 on DraftKings. Because I don't expect much out of Trevor Lawrence today. I'll be perfectly honest. As bad as Houston's secondary is, these are two awful teams. Yes, Trevor Lawrence could go off because Houston sucks. Both of these teams suck. Uh, you know, I maybe the negatives turn into a positive result, but it's like, I don't know. I, I just don't have a very good uh, feeling about this game outside of James Robinson. And James Robinson is only if he gets volume. And I think there's a danger in that as well uh, where you could see Carl's Hyde steal carry. So James Robinson is strictly a GPP play. I don't get it for cash games why people are uh, penciling in uh, James Robinson. I think Carl's Hyde is a very legitimate threat, even though uh, Travis Etienne went down for the season and he was going to be the number one running back. It should have been James Robinson outright. He's the he's the best running back on the te- was the best running back on the team regardless. But I, I think Carlos Hyde is going to get work. Uh, like I just had this very bad feeling, and and no, that does not mean play Carlos Hyde because Carlos Hyde cannot do anything. So in regular fantasy, fantasy uh, DFS, no. Uh, regular fantasy, yes, you can play James Robinson as well. But outside of that, I I just don't like this game at all. Um, I'll take the, the Texans because, again, I don't get this line. Texans, as bad as they are, should still be favored at home, uh, even if it's by half a point. But that's about it. Like, these teams suck. Moving on. Uh, we've got the Chargers traveling to Washington uh, to play the football team, uh, formerly known as the, the name we can't mention anymore. Uh, Chargers are favored by a half point or a point and a half, depending on where you go. Chargers should win this game. Here's the thing about this, though. You still got a West Coast team traveling cross-country to play a 1 o'clock game on the East Coast. That is always a trap signal. Like, just to put it in your heads, like, the West Coast travel to a 1 o'clock game East Coast, like, for those of you who are not familiar with sports, it's just, usually that's just, like, a death sign because it's, it's an early morning game for the guys on the West Coast. Uh, yes, I know it's the start of the year, but it still applies when you have that kind of travel. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying Washington's going to win this game. What I am saying is they can keep it close, close enough that you have to consider an outright uh, win uh, in the cards, Washington. But I'm still going to take the Chargers uh, as the favorite, and for Survivor, I would not be taking the Chargers this week. I'm just saying, this is one of those spoiler alert games to be wary of, of getting sucked into. So um, that's the way I kind of read it. Uh, you know, don't get too cute with it. 
just uh, take the Chargers. Uh, in terms of uh, players in this game, uh, Austin Eckler is somewhat questionable for this game. Uh, you know, it, it's a little dicey. Uh, he, he should be playing, though. I, I'd be surprised if he wasn't playing. Uh, you know, Keenan Allen always in play. Washington, you got Fitzpatrick at, at QB. I think, you know, with uh, Fitzpatrick, he's always going to be chucking. And as long as he's chucking, you've got a chance. So from my perspective, it really comes down to, so with that in mind, you got Terry McLaurin, always an option. Logan Thomas, very viable option. I'm not as sold on Ant- Antonio Gibson this week against the Chargers. I think the Chargers defensive line uh, is uh, kind of tough against the run, so I'm not as sold on Gibson. I think uh, Washington really is going to have to air the, uh, air the ball out here, which uh, Fitz is more than willing to do. Uh, so I really like the pieces there uh, and, and kind of go f- uh, from that standpoint. So I think they kind of keep it close, and I think this is definitely one of those GPP spots I want to be hammering for tournaments just because it's going to be low-owned. No one's really thinking about Washington, so I, I do like taking Fitz and the offense, uh, uh, offensive weapons. Uh, you also got Diami Brown uh, at three at mid-price. Uh, definitely uh, potential there. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, we could go a different a couple of different ways here. Moving on, Minnesota going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Bengals, three and a half point uh, underdogs at home facing the Vikings. Here's the same thing. Uh, the Vikings are not that good. Bengals have Joe Burrow. This is kind of coming down to who do you trust more, Joe Burrow or Kirk Cousins? Now, Because the Bengals aren't good, I think Kirk Cousins is still going to put up numbers. But if this game gets tight, who am I going to trust more? Kirk Cousins, who we know doesn't deliver when things get uh, tight, or we go with uh, Cincinnati and the unknown in Burrow. I'm just saying, with the extra hook in there for Cincinnati, I think it's viable to uh, play the Bengals uh, plus three and a half. I I think it's viable. I really do. So, in terms of betting it, do I think the Vikings win the game? Yes. But with the hook at uh, plus three and a half, I, I think you can definitely go with the Bengals. Now, if your line is different and you're getting the Bengals uh, plus two and a half, then, yeah, it, it doesn't make it nearly as appealing. But I'm just saying, do you really think the Vikings are a good enough team to win by more than a field goal? And I'm just saying. No, I don't. So in terms of offensive weapons, obviously the Vikings, you look at Justin Jefferson, you look at Adam Thielen, both solid plays. Never going to question that for uh, DFS or regular fantasy at all. On the Bengals side, you have the rookie Jamar Chase. You got T. Higgins. Uh, You have weapons for Burrow to throw to. And of course, you can still have Joe Mixon. I just look at this as a case where they are going to have ample opportunity to attack uh, on offense. And you're going to see points in this game. I just don't know how, uh, I don't know, like, how, like final score or anything like that, uh, it, it, if it makes it enough to be uh, a viable tournament game. I think so, because you still have Dalvin Cook and Mixon. 
but because I like the running back so much, I'm not sure about the wide receiving threats. Like if it's because usually it's a negative correlation when you're playing. And yes, I know I'm getting technical here uh, for the people who don't really do that much in DFS. But when you have wide receivers and running backs in the exact same lineup with a quarterback, it's a negative correlation because someone's got to get the ball. And normally it's not going to be the running back. So because I like the running backs, you know, unless it's a pass catching back and Mixon's more the pass catching back. Dalvin Cook's not really a pass catching back. So you got to make the decision if you're playing this game on the Minnesota side, definitely you're going to have to make a decision between Cook and the wide receivers. On the Bengals side, you can get away with playing Mixon with a, a, a wide receiver. I wouldn't necessarily do two wide receivers with Mixon, but you can at least get away with one wide receiver because Mixon does catch passes out of the backfield. So I can at least justify it that way. Uh, he does funk it as a wide receiver uh, from the backfield. Not as much as some other guys, but uh, enough where it's not going to kill you, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm kind of leaning there. Next up, and, yep, Zach Wilson hype train or the Sam Darnold revenge game, however you want to spin it, Carolina hosting the Jets. All right, so Sam Darnold's home debut, well, I mean, it's home debut and it's his initial debut in front of Panthers fans after the trade from the Jets, after the Jets gave up on Darnold and uh, decided to draft a quarterback in this year's draft, Zach Wilson out of BYU. I was not big on Zach Wilson in the draft. I told you guys this from the outset. I have my doubts. There's been a lot of hype about Zach Wilson. I will play some Zach Wilson because I know Carolina does not have a good defense. So if you can't look good against this Carolina defense, I'm sorry. This is going to be a long season for Jets fans. If they cannot look good against Carolina. Carolina's defense looked good last year because they were able to force turnovers. If they cannot force turnovers, they should be giving up tons of yardage. If you cannot generate offense against this Carolina team, you have a very bad offense. And to me, the Jets' offensive line was miserable last year. It did not help Darnold out at all, uh, even though Makai Becton did play well. Now, here's the caveat to that. I say Makai Becton played well last year, but basically... If you remember all the way back to the draft, uh, not last year's, but the year before draft, my whole issue with Makai Becton was my fear was that I didn't want him going to the Giants, even though we needed a left tackle, because I thought he would eat himself out of the league. Now, that may be a harsh thing to say, but in terms of year two, you know, they say he had a foot injury. The Jets said there were some conditioning issues and things that they were working through, but Becton had a horrendous preseason and did not look good. Now, I don't know if it's just a sophomore slump kind of thing, but I have my concerns about Becton. And if Becton is bad, that means this Jets offensive line might actually be worse than last year when they were a bad team, even uh, one of the worst teams in the league. And we're trying to actively tank to get the number one pick before blowing it at the end of the year in spectacularly hilarious fashion. So, with that being said, the Jets said they've made improvements all across the board. If they cannot move the ball against this Carolina defense that is suspect, I'm saying flat out, the Jets might actually be worse than I thought. 
and they could end up being one of the five worst teams in football this year. I'm just saying. So I'm definitely taking Carolina minus four and a half. Uh, the, the Jets are ready without Jameson Crowder. So you got Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. I'm telling you, Corey Davis is going to be one of the worst free agent signings of this entire window in the NFL. Hated Corey Davis in Tennessee. I think he's going to be a complete bust in New York for the Jets. I think it was a horrendous signing. So to me, I'm looking at Elijah Moore and seeing maybe he can do something. Because if he's not doing anything... I'm not expecting a whole lot out of Corey Davis. This, like I said, this could be a really rough year for the Jets. I, people are saying I'm wrong and that Zach Wilson's really good and Tony Romo was talking it up and everyone loves Tony Romo. I'm just saying this could be a rough year. I'm taking the Panthers and in terms of offensive pieces, I want Carolina's offense. I'm supposed to do a run back with the Jets. So if I have to do a run back with the Jets, I will take Elijah Moore and hope for the best. But man, uh, this is not exactly, uh, you know, a great feel here in terms of uh, of a matchup. I think Carolina wins easily, to, to be perfectly honest with you. I think this ends up kind of being a stomp, and you want to play Christian McCaffrey and... I'm not sure how much the wide receiver threats, but I do like Roddy, uh, Roddy Anderson, former Jet, uh, along with Sam Darnold, and I do like DJ Moore. But like I said, this could end up being a stump, and Carolina doesn't play all their offensive weapons later on in the second half, and that hurts us, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, next up, Philly traveling to play Atlanta. All right, Falcons, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I know I already made my rant about teams uh, not getting favored at home. Uh, For some reason, I think people went overboard here because the Falcons are three and a half point favorites over Philly. Uh, The Falcons are not a better team than Philly. As bad as the Eagles are, Falcons are awful. They are awful. I I told you if you listen to my win total preview that the Falcons very well could be one of the team in the league that intentionally tries to tank in order to get the number one pick and a QB to replace uh, Matt Ryan. The Falcons are going to be awful. Philly is awful too. But I think Philly has nothing to lose because they have no draft pick. So they're going to play hard. Atlanta, I told you, they have motivation not to play hard. Uh, And the Falcons defense is awful to the extent that I think with Jalen Hurts' ability to run and scramble, he can actually do damage to that team, whereas Philly's defense is awful, but Matt Ryan can't move anywhere, so it's he's not going to pose much uh, problems for him other than being able to uh, uh, find open receivers. So I'll just say it as, as this. The Falcons, yes, they can easily win this game. Are they winning this by more than a field goal? Hell no. I'm taking Philly uh, because, you know, knowing Atlanta's ability to screw up, even if they do win, it'll be by some last-second field goal, and they won't cover the hook. So I'm taking Philly here, not because I think the Eagles are good, just because I know how inept Atlanta is. So in terms of offensive pieces, interesting game here because you have Atlanta and you have uh, rookie Kyle Pitts, whom everyone is in love with, including myself, at tight end. 
You still have Calvin Ridley. And they're going to make up the bulk of the Atlanta offense. They don't have a rushing attack. Uh, really, they they got Mike Davis. Uh, I think that's a downgrade from what Gurley gave him last year, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, like I said, I don't like this Atlanta team, but I know what Pitts can do. I know what Ridley can do. So I'm banking on them being able to create mismatches in the Eagles secondary to get open. On the Eagles side of things, Jalen Hurts, like I said, his scrambling ability makes him valuable uh, at QB uh, price-wise compared to other options. And Atlanta's secondary sucks. So you can get beat over the top. Uh, There's a possibility Jalen Rager has a good game. Uh, Devonta Smith uh, is playing his first NFL game. Top uh, pick, the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama. Uh, you know, you could do a dart throw. Obviously, not cash, but this is tournament plays. I think you can go there with Philly today because I said, I said uh, Atlanta stinks. So uh, I, you know, I, I'm not in in enthralled about betting this game, but. If you're telling me uh, Atlanta's going to be three and a half or more uh, favored, uh, if it's four, I'm definitely <laughs> betting that line. But three and a half, uh, you know, it's the same deal. It's like uh, I I just look at it as a case where, you know, maybe Atlanta s- skips. I just can't see Atlanta winning this by a touchdown. I really can't. Uh, I just know these teams uh, like Atlanta's going to find some way of screwing this game up. Even if they are ahead moving on, we got Buffalo hosting the Steelers. This should be a walk in the park for Buffalo. As much as I crapped on the bills hype train, I don't think the bills are as good as people are going to give them credit for. Um, But you know, bills six and a half point favorites against Steelers. That Steelers offensive line is not good. Buffalo should be able to get pressure on them. I think the Steelers are going to get pressure on Josh Allen and the Bills, though. And I know the Bills are going to want to throw. But my thing is, and I said this before, Josh Allen had the greatest jump in completion percentage in NFL history year over year. I don't know if that is real Josh Allen moving forward. Everyone's banking on it's a given. He's good to go. He's gonna. He's gonna dominate. I, I just. I'm just not there, folks. And you could say I'm a hater, but my gut just tells me when so, something's just lining up to be a little too good to be true. I, I have my doubts about Josh Allen. I'm just saying. I think Josh Allen uh, can be had here. And it would not shock me in the least that Buffalo regresses and keeps this game incredibly close. All right, moving on. In the stomp of the day, we've got San Francisco playing Detroit. The Lions, I I keep talking about awful teams in the league, but man, the Lions are up there. Listen, San Francisco can lose Jimmy G in the first quarter of this game and have rookie Trey Lance be quarterback completely unprepared, and they will still win this game because they will run all over the Lions. That's really what this comes down to. 
San Francisco would need to lose three offensive linemen in the in the first half in order to lose this game to the Lions. Even if they play awful. It, it's really that simple. San Francisco is going to stomp uh, Detroit. The only question is how badly they stomp them because you can see backups coming into this game. It's the reason why I don't like this game that much from a passing perspective because they're, they're going to be up so much. But what I do like is the San Francisco rushing attack. So... Raheem Mostert, uh, Jermichael Hasty, uh, Trey Sermon, all those guys uh, should be in the mix. Uh, obviously, they do a do it in committee. Uh, Trey Sermon, uh, you know, got beat out for the starting spot by Mostert, so he should be number two in the pecking order after Mostert. But I, I just look at I look at the 49ers. They're gonna they're gonna roll this team. So. Uh, from my perspective, uh, they're just going to be ahead enough. And, you know, like I said, they're going to run for over 200 yards rushing, most likely. Uh, and, you know, it's not all going to go to one back. So uh, there's going to be ample opportunities to run into the end zone. I, I just think that this is just straight running game. Um, absolutely no one in Detroit I'm interested in. It's Jared Goff and an awful offense. Uh, I, I don't care. I know people are talking up TJ Hawkinson. Have at it. If you think Hawkinson gets in the end zone, so be it. He pays. He'll pay off value at tight end, but uh, because it's such a volatile position. But I'm not taking that risk. Uh, I just, I'm just going to avoid all Detroit players entirely, and just focus on the San Francisco running backs. I don't like the passing attack for San Francisco, just because there's no need to throw the ball against an overwhelming matchup uh, against. Uh, uh, just it's just too an easy matchup for San Francisco. They're just that simple. Next up, uh we've got Seattle traveling to Indy. I have been waiting for this game because I thought for sure we were going to get a backup Colts QB playing. But lo and behold, Carson Wentz has rushed back to get his ass kicked in the opening matchup for the Colts. Listen. Carson Wentz needed to take time away to get fully healthy and as much practice time as possible since he missed all preseason rather than trying to rush into this first game against Seattle. Even though Seattle's not that great defensively, Carson Wentz has been so rusty and looking so dusty that I just look at this as a case where he could easily get trounced and overwhelmed by the Seattle uh, front line because he's just out of rhythm completely. And that's my concern. Carson Wentz being out of rhythm and the Colts needing him to get, uh, get that offense in gear. I do not want to take a risk with the Colts uh, this week. I'm just not going there. I like the Seahawks, uh, you know, the fact that, I mean, yes, the Colts are a home underdog. And I know I talked about uh, playoff teams at home should be considered more. But this is a different circumstance. Because the line was originally set where uh, Wentz wasn't going to play. The line has shifted back. Now, I'm talking about for picks pools. Uh, you're still getting a plus of the territory. Now, this is more of a pick matchup. But with that being said, I think Seattle's, uh, you know, 
of rusty Carson Wentz versus Russell Wilson. I'm going to take Russell Wilson on the road. We'll see. We will see how sharp Carson Wentz is. I am not putting a lot of stock into it. I, I, I definitely think Seattle's in play here. Uh, and from a DFS perspective, I'm looking at DK Metcalf. I'm looking at Tyler Lockett. Yes, you can play Chris Carson uh, for the floor. You're never going to get much of a ceiling game with Chris Carson. Uh, and obviously, if you're playing uh, DK and Lockett, uh, that means Russell uh, Wilson uh, is definitely going to be in play at QB. I just think there are better options at QB, so I'm not going there with Russ, but I definitely get it to be different in GPPs. On to the afternoon games. There's only a couple of games of work, of note to actually care about. You got Kansas City hosting Cleveland. You've got Green Bay traveling to Jacksonville, not New Orleans. They are traveling to Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. New Orleans cannot play this game at home. Uh, and so they are playing in Jacksonville instead of the Superdome. Uh, okay, get my thoughts on that one. My Giants are hosting the Denver Broncos, and Miami is traveling to New England. Two of these games we can completely forget about. Uh, I love my Giants, but, man, this might be the worst game of the weekend between them and the Broncos. Neither team's going to want to commit to anything uh, because they're, they're trying to get a win. They both think they can possibly make the playoffs for some reason uh, in their divisions. And they know they have to win this game in order to do so. They are going to play as passive as humanly possible uh, to uh, to get there. So, like I said, it's it's gonna be a case where they are going to basically uh, uh, basically kind of go out of their way to not uh, go too aggressive and i'm just gonna write this game off uh the giants are underdogs at home i'm taking the giants just because i know the broncos are terrible this is gonna be a terrible game between the giants and broncos along with new england hosting miami the combined scores of both of these games i am not entirely sure the combined score is gonna break 50 i'm just gonna say that i'm gonna take the giants as an underdog, and I'm going to take Miami as an underdog. Just because I think these games are going to be so low scoring, there's a very real chance that we just don't get a whole lot of offense out of these games. And from a fantasy perspective, the only things I'm really considering uh, on a main slate would be playing the defenses. Uh, Anything else would have to be tied to afternoon slates, and then maybe we could talk about a Jerry Judy uh, for the Broncos, but man, like I just do not like anything involved with uh, with these game with these two games. I, I think it just really comes down to uh, the Chiefs game and what you think you're going to get out of Green Bay, New Orleans. So let's get to it. Uh, as I said, this game's not in the Superdome between New Orleans and Green Bay. So with that being said. This is Jameis Winston's chance to show that he's the number one QB. I think he's shown it multiple times. I, I I don't even understand how it's even remotely competition between him and Taysom. 
But yet still, I still have a sinking suspicion if they struggle, uh, Sean Payton is going to go to Taysom in the red zone uh, for uh, uh, for, the, uh, for the Saints. So Jameis has to play well here. It just no if fans or buts about it. J- this might be the most important game of Jameis and Swinston's career at this point. Um, just because of how close he was out, uh, potentially of being out of the league as a starting NFL QB and being uh, not being given another chance of being starting QB, which again is complete BS. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, we we know some of the reasons why Jameis uh, was not given the fair shake that he sh- should have gotten. That so many other QBs who we will not name because we're not going to turn it into that kind of issue debate uh, today. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking at this. Uh, you, you don't have Michael Thomas. Obviously, you have Alvin Kamara. Uh, you have uh, you have uh, uh, a, a, bre- a breakout wide receiver in the preseason, Marquez Callaway. I'm just saying this could be a... A good spot for New Orleans. Now, for Green Bay, obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in the final year of the deals. They are leaving Green Bay. This is, you know, they've been making plenty of last dance monikers and and memes to go with. Green Bay should be right up there again this year in terms of playoff teams. They don't need this game. The Saints definitely need this game. This is a home game for the Saints. It's not in the Superdome, but they really need this game to have any confidence in Jameis Winston. I think the Saints come out pretty strong, uh, and it's going to be up to Green Bay to take this game from them. Saints are three and a half point underdogs. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Saints because I think it's it's not going to be a popular pick, and I know folks are going to want to go with Green Bay, but I just look at this as a game where. The Saints are going to try to grit it out and find a way to basically sneak out a win here. Uh, at the worst, I think it comes down to a field goal and Green, Green Bay ekes by, but then uh, the Saints will still cover as an underdog anyway. So I still like the Saints as an underdog pick but uh, for the spread, but um, I think the Saints win this game, uh, to be honest. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, but uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, the fantasy pieces, I mean, it speaks for themselves. Uh, you can look at Devonte Adams uh, passing attack wise on New Orleans side. Obviously, Kamara's in play, Callaway's in play, Deontay Harrison's in play. Uh, if you really want to get crazy, uh, you could play Deontay Harris and Jawan Johnson uh, as a stack with Jameis because no one's going to play those two. They'll they'll have. Uh, Callaway, at least with one of them. I don't even think they'll play Johnson, to be honest. Uh, I, I probably won't even play Johnson just because I, I think that there are enough other options on the slates to to get different that you don't have to go there. Uh, you know, at most, maybe Harris, but uh, I don't think you have to get that crazy with New Orleans. On the Green Bay side, Devontae Adams, obviously in play, as I said. Uh, I don't like a ton on the Green Bay side outside of doing the random punt play with Randall Cobb. And Randall Cobb is completely dusty. But Aaron Rodgers fought to get Randall Cobb back on the team 
this year as part of him returning to the club. I think, you know, at some point, Randall Cobb's going to get featured in the offense. It may not be this week, but it is definitely something you got to consider overall. It, it, it just, it is, uh, it just makes too much sense uh, uh, not to uh, have that in the back of your head, uh, to be perfectly honest. All right. This leads us to the main game of the day. Well, for Sunday Night Football, of course, but really the main game of the week, to be honest. Kansas City hosting Cleveland. The Browns have not stopped talking about this game since the playoffs where Mahomes got hurt and the Browns thought they were going to win this game. And they should have won the game, to be honest. They didn't. Uh, So now they're hyping this game up. I'll say this. The Browns are talented enough to win this game. They've been talking this game up. This seems to be their Super Bowl. I said this before about Kansas City. They know what they need to do to get back to the Super Bowl. They are not going to go crazy over certain games. Uh, They're going to put up points. They're going to do what they need to do. But this could be one of those games where they kind of go through the motions. Kansas City's favorite six and a half points. I hate this line because while I think the Chiefs win the game, I'm not sure they cover this line. The Browns would have to screw up multiple times in order to not cover plus six and a half. Like, they got to turn the ball over. Baker's got to get crazy with the football. But the Browns have been pretty smart about making sure that Baker doesn't screw them over. So, and not forcing the ball. So, you know, they haven't been force-feeding Odell the ball. Uh, You know, Landry has gotten the ball when needed. But they've made sure to kind of keep Chubb fed. And I think Chubb still trucks the Kansas City D-line repeatedly. Uh, Like, I don't think they have any answer for Nick Chubb. So I still like Chubb in this matchup. And, of course, I'm always going to like Travis Kelsey against the Browns. The question becomes how they continue to perform uh, against the kids. I mean, against Cleveland when they keep putting pressure on them, it's just going to come down to whether or not there's enough focus on Kansas city doing the small things uh, to take care of business. And same thing goes for the Browns. Same thing goes for the Browns. It's going to come down to little details. I think this game's going to be close. And that's the reason why I think this game scores well for DFS purposes. I love Jarvis Landry. I love Chubb. And I know it's one of those games where this could be, it could end up being negatively correlated where they just do not get there because one guy has the monster game. The other guy doesn't, but I think Chubb and Landry score in this game. I know people are going to run it, want to run it back with Odell against Kansas City. Just play Mahomes with Kelsey and Tyreek and try to run it back with Odell because Odell's cheaper than Landry at 6K uh, and Odell's like 5'7. And it's not that I dislike Odell. It's just that I think for the way the routes are going to be run and need to be run against Kansas City, this is actually a better matchup for Landry than it is Odell because. Landry can just drift within the zone. Odell, he's going to want to hit the slants. He's going to want to hit the outside go routes. And I don't think Kansas City's going to give that up. 
I think it's it's going to be one of those where it's like they have to get lulled into a false sense of security and then get burned. That's why I think it's much more of a Landry matchup. And then you got Chubb just hammering them. Uh, so that's why I love Kelsey, but I like playing Chubb. So this is one of those where it's like I might play Chubb, Kelsey, and Landry. And even though I don't like Baker, I'll, I'll play Mahomes. Or maybe I just get off of with a different... Uh, uh, QB entirely and uh, go somewhere else at QB and stack the QB and wide receiver, but stack the find ways of stacking the pieces of this game. Even though I won't have either QB in the game just to be different in GPPs, because I do think that there's going to be plenty of points in this one. And I think it's, it might just end up being concentrated in very small places uh, for this game. So it's not that spread out. You know, I could be wrong, obviously, but I'm just giving you my theory on how these games are going to play out. But I definitely think this stays close. So I I just do not like this line for Kansas City. I think this one, you clearly take Cleveland and you move on. Sunday night football, Rams and Chicago. Rams, seven and a half point favorites. Man, Aaron Donald against the Chicago offensive line when Chicago needs to run the ball to stay relevant. This is just a bad matchup for the Bears. Point blank. Andy Dalton is not a starting QB in the NFL anymore. And yet still, Andy Dalton is the starting QB for the Bears. Woo, man, this is going to be rough. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do a showdown slate episode. But man, I do not like this game at all from a DFS uh, perspective, showdown wise. Uh, I, I think this is one where you're you're going to end up playing... Uh, a lot of, uh, I think you're going to end up playing a lot of, um, uh, a lot of, uh, Rams defense and maybe, maybe, maybe use the kickers. I don't know. Uh, I think we're going to have to get creative in terms of how we're putting together, uh, the lineup, uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see, uh, how, uh, to, uh, construct that one, but, uh, definitely taking the Rams seven and a half. I think they crushed the bears. I don't think it's even remotely close uh, in terms of the matchup. I, I think the uh, the Bears stomp them. It's just a matter of, uh, I mean, I think the Rams stomped them. I just think it's a matter of who on the Bears do we want to get in terms of getting points back because you got to play someone on the Bears. I just don't know exactly who. Maybe might even do something with the Bears defense. I don't know. Uh, I got to think about that some more and kind of go from there. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's... Uh, uh, that's uh, the Rams and uh, Bears. And then Monday Night Football, we got the Ravens traveling to Las Vegas for the home opening, stadium opening for the Las Vegas Raiders because uh, obviously last year uh, the uh, the Raiders uh, had the stadium, but no fans could actually be there. Now you're actually going to have, uh, I, I don't know, like, I, I, it's going to be very interesting seeing how Raider Nation travels from Oakland to Las Vegas. I know the Raiders fans are crazy to do this, but on a game-by-game -game basis, Monday Night Football, it, I could see them, you know, making the trek out and, you know, and ma making it work. But it, it's, it's going to be, I just think it's going to be uh, tough. I really do. I, I just don't see where things are going to be going. I, you know, again, I, I just don't, uh, 
I don't see it. I, I really don't see it. So to me, kind of is what it is. Uh, uh, where I like the Ravens. It's just the Ravens have had so many injuries and we'll get to that. Uh, may, maybe we'll do an episode tomorrow, but the Ravens have had so many injuries now. I mean, you got basically you've lost Gus Edwards. You already lost DK Dobbins. Uh, it, it's just so many injuries with the Ravens running backs. It, it's it's down to it's it, it's it's down to Lamar and Tyson Williams and Le'Veon Bell got signed. I, I you know it's gonna be interesting. I, I I really I think the Ravens still take care of business, but uh, the four and a half line might be a bit too much for them. I I don't know. I don't think the Raider Raiders are any good, uh, but uh, you know, just because of like the lack of depth on the Ravens, they may not be able to steamroll as easily as we would expect them to. So that's going to be an interesting one, far more of an interesting slate than uh, what we were going to get with the Rams and Bears tonight. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, just happy to have football back. Um, Glad you guys could join me uh, for this episode. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, week one's always crazy for DFS uh, with the pricing and whatnot. Uh, things, as things settle down, we'll go back into more of a similar, uh, more of a regular routine with like kind of doing a, a true lineup slate. Because to me, this week is all about getting creative with matchups, taking pieces of certain games, making sure your stacks and you're running it back with players on the opposite side of games to target. Like I said, I like the Chiefs-Browns uh, game. I I think that Cincinnati-Minnesota game is very sneaky. Uh, you know, and in terms of the San Francisco game, it's going to be a stomp, um, but you want to have exposure to running backs from San, San Francisco. Even if you aren't playing Moser, it's not the craziest thing in the world to play the backups, uh, whether it's Sermon or Hasty. Uh, for the 49ers just because the the Bengals, I mean, the, the Lions suck so much, but um, I'm saying Bengals because I, you know, I'm thinking of teams that suck. Uh, I just think Bengals, but uh, the Lions are just that bad. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be a very strange slate to say the least, but uh, definitely looking forward to it. So uh, that's going to do it for me uh, today, but uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, enjoy the games, everyone, and have a good one. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.